and welcome to Conscious Business with the Corporate Yogi. I'm your host, Julie Zuzak. This podcast helps entrepreneurs develop the mindset needed to build and grow a conscious business. Whether you know it yet or not, your mindset is the subconscious blueprint that determines your success. Each episode, we explore the different ways your business calls you forth to grow on a personal level and through your relationships. So get out of your head, into your heart, and let's dive right in, shall we? Today, I want to talk about change and how important change is to entrepreneurs. As a conscious entrepreneur, I want you to get clear on what your relationship with change is, because it can either be your best friend or your worst enemy. And I want to offer a variety of different perspectives on change in this episode, and also some practical tips that you can use. So here's a little look at what you're going to learn today. First, we're going to look at how people respond to change. In our second segment, we're going to look at change when it is a thrust upon you. In our third segment, you're going to learn four different ways that you can initiate change. And then in our last segment, I'm going to share some of my favorite inspiration around change. But first, I want to start with a story. One of my favorite quotes ever is from Wayne Dyer. He used to say, change the way you look at things and the things you look at change. And I love this quote because it reminds us of the power of perspective and how different people can look at the exact same thing and see completely different things. So my story today is taken from The Alchemist. It's actually part of the prologue at the beginning of the book. The Alchemist picked up a book that someone in the caravan had bought. Leaping through the pages, he found a story about Narcissus. The alchemist knew the legend of Narcissus, a youth who knelt daily beside the lake to contemplate his own beauty. He was so fascinated by himself that one morning he fell into the lake and he drowned. At that spot where he fell, a flower was born, which was called the Narcissus. But this was not how the author of the book ended the story. He said that when Narcissus died, the goddesses of the forest appeared and they found the lake, which had been fresh water, transformed into a lake of salty tears. Why do you weep? The goddesses asked. Well, I weep for Narcissus, the lake replied. Ah, it is no surprise that you weep for him, they said, for though we always pursued him in the forest, you alone could contemplate his beauty close at hand. But was Narcissus beautiful? The lake asked. Well, who better to know that than you? The goddesses said in wonder. After all, it was by your banks that he knelt each day to contemplate himself. The lake was silent for some time. Finally, it said, I weep for Narcissus, but I never noticed that Narcissus was beautiful. I weep because each time he knelt beside my banks, I could see in the depths of his eyes my own beauty reflected. (music) 
So change can happen to us in many different ways. Either change can be thrust upon us or we can initiate change in a situation when we're not happy. You're likely going to encounter both different types of change at some point in your business. And the good news is that dealing with both of them will help you because they will both cause you to be more resilient as an entrepreneur, which is a really good thing. Resiliency is one of the top qualities that you need to have as an entrepreneur. In this segment, we're going to look at how people respond to change. So in my workshops, I always like to share this breakdown of how people respond to change. And it's really similar to the technology adoption curve. There's five different groups of people, and they each respond to change in a different way. The five different groups are leapers, early adopters, early majority, late majority, and tradition holders. And from my experience, this is pretty accurate as to the representation of how people respond to change. Leapers represent only 3% of the population, and they love change. They are ready and willing to dive into anything, anything that you've got to offer them that is new and different and shiny, and they are willing to do so even before they've got all the facts. Leapers love change, and they're willing to change before you can get that one syllable word even out of your mouth. They're on board. So next, we have early adopters. Now, early adopters represent 14% of the population, and they are open to change, and they are welcome to it quite easily. And they are willing to be one of the first few people to dive into something. Early adopters are really important as well as leapers because the two of them will pave the way for everyone else to follow. Next, we have early majority, and they are open to change, and they represent 34% of the population. While they may not be the first ones on board with new change, they are still quite early on in the adoption. Then we have the late majority, 34%. People who typically want to see the vast majority of other people jumping on board before they do. And then lastly, we have tradition holders, which represent 15% of the population. So you can see that we all adopt to change in very different ways. Some of us love change and we are ready for change and we're ready to go and dive into change before we even understand what it's all about. These are the people who can become really addicted to the edge, loving at all all times to do something new and always being open to do it. And naturally, some of us are hesitant to change. We are comfortable and we love the status quo of where we are. And we likely wouldn't see many people in the tradition holder category as entrepreneurs because they don't really love change. They would rather see themselves stay in the comfort of their own job. So since part of being an entrepreneur is raising your awareness about who you are, I want you to take some time thinking about where you fall in this ranking. How would you classify your relationship with change? And is it the same for all areas of your life? Because many of us adopt to change in very different ways, and it's really important to recognize this about yourself. 
being conscious of how you react to change will allow you to have a greater understanding of it. So here's a great example. I know many of you love to do research, and so when a new opportunity is presented to you, your mind is fully open to the opportunity, but you might want to take ample time to think it through, to look at it from all different angles, all different scenarios, and think it through as much as possible before you make your decision. And then once you feel like you've done enough research, then you can make your decision. For other people, they have a very strong and very clear conscious intelligence about what they want to do. In their gut, they know, they have that instinct, and that guides them when they need to make a decision. There is no right or wrong, but it is important for you to know how you make decisions and be aware of this process. In this segment, let's take a deeper look at the first scenario when we encounter change, when change is thrust upon us. Have you ever been in a situation where change has been pushed upon you? Now, the best example that always comes to mind is when people lose their jobs and they are forced to move on to a new opportunity. Some people reshuffle and they go on to find a new job. And other people take this as a wake-up call to start their own business. I see this happen all the time. And people always feel like, you know, the carpet has been ripped out from underneath them. It's a shock. And they are forced to change. They're, They're shoved, exactly, to be changed. Because they weren't prepared to be looking for another job or to be looking at options. And, you know, maybe they didn't really have time in their life to focus on this right now. Maybe for some people, they aren't financially set up to be able to do this right now. Either way, they're being forced into change and they're not happy about it. So if you find yourself in a scenario where you are forced into change, you have a couple options. Well, you have two options to be exact. You can either accept it or you can resist it. In reality, you cannot control what happened. It is done. And no matter how badly you may not have wanted this to happen, it happened. And now it is out of your control. Why do people resist change so much? Good question. Sometimes it's our conditioning from our environment and how we were raised. And sometimes it's just habit. You know, we get comfortable in knowing what we know and doing what we do, we essentially get stuck in a pattern. And it seems a bit obvious, but you have to let go of the way things are. You have to let go of your comfort and you have to let go of certainty. And only then can you bring something new into your life. So if you resist change, this means that you prevent yourself from moving forward. And this is usually the case where we stall ourselves with emotion and we get stuck. For example, we might feel anger, frustration, blame. We might be tempted to throw a little pity party and try to understand why it happened or how it happened and what we could have done differently to control it. But in reality, we cannot change what happened. It's done. And often, we might not want to accept it It is because we have lost control that we get frustrated, and we're not used to that. 
It's our ego that is hurt and frustrated. And we don't like this scenario of not being in control. So resisting the change is unconscious behavior. It's often driven by our ego. And the sad reality is that it will stand in the way between you and moving forward, between you and your solution. Now, the second option you have when you're forced into change is to accept it and to move on. It took me years to figure this one out and lots of hours on the mat and in meditation and reading lots of books. But now I finally understand that I have absolutely no control over the things that happen in my life, but I have total control over how I respond to them. It's really important. I'm going to say that again. You have no control over the things that happen to you in life, but you have total control over how you respond to them. And if this is something that's new to you that you're working with, then I send you lots of love and lots of encouragement while you figure it out. But please hang in there because this is a game changer in life. To be able to quickly accept something and move on, it will make your life so much easier. And this is really very Buddhist thinking. We understand that the pain and the suffering that we have in life isn't from bad things happening to us. The suffering happens in our resistance to the change that happens in our life. And there's a couple of things that I want to pass along that might help you out with this. First, I want you to use your meta skill of trust. When something definitive happens like this and it's a total surprise and it's out of your control, then there's usually a bigger picture agenda at play. So trust it. And also do yourself a favor and don't waste any time or energy trying to figure out why. Again, it's usually our ego that wants to know why. Why is this happening right now? I need to know right now. But quite often, there's no way for you to understand or figure out why until you have moved through the situation and enough time has passed. It's like all the little puzzle pieces need to come together and then you will be able to reflect back on the situation with enough breathing room and enough perspective, then you'll be able to figure out why it happened. And usually there's something very beneficial that caused you to have this surprise in life. Maybe you were on the wrong path and you needed a little course correct, or maybe there was a better opportunity out for you and you just weren't seeing that. Or sometimes there was something bad that was coming along your path and you needed to be moved out of the way to be able to avoid it. Can you think of an example in your life where this has happened? Something that has happened as a surprise to you that was unexpected and unplanned and maybe unwelcomed But now, when you look back at it, you can see exactly why it went down the way that it did. It's important to do that, really, to take time and see what the gift was, because this will allow you to be grateful for it. And it will also condition you to be open-minded to change that happens in the future and to positively associate with that change. So for example, it was about a year ago now that I got notice that my condo was up for sale and I didn't want to buy in that area, so I was essentially forced to move. And my instant reaction in that moment was, 
Oh, okay, I guess it's time for me to move then. I didn't get angry. I didn't get upset. I just took the news, like a memo from the universe. And I know that if that had happened to me about 10 years ago, I would have completely had a meltdown. And I know I would have gotten angry and frustrated and thrown a pity party. And I would have told everyone that I knew how unfair this was. But I've learned enough now that I don't even go through any of that. I just heard the news. I accepted it instantly and I got through to the other side. And looking back now, a year later, I can see all the very clear advantages as to why I needed to move and how I had to go through that process to be in this neighborhood that I am. And I'm so much better off here than I was. And the other cool thing that I realized is looking back, I actually did spend quite a bit of time talking about moving in the year before I moved. And I, you know, I would tell my friends that I was thinking about, you know, maybe living in a different part of Toronto, maybe living in a different neighborhood just to see what it was like. But I never took the plunge because quite honestly, moving is so much work and such a hassle and such a disruption to life that I didn't want to go through all that and disrupt my personal life and disrupt my business. So I sort of kept putting that on the back burner. And then the universe, however, was listening and forced me into that opportunity. So when change is thrust upon you, you can either accept it or resist it. And if you choose to resist it, this will be your ego running the show and you will be keeping yourself stuck and slowing down the process of you finding out the good reason or the gift in what is happening. So the message here is simple. When you are thrust into change, accept it, move forward, and don't allow yourself to get stuck. And remember, you don't need to understand why in the moment. That is the fun adventure of life. You get to figure all that out later on down the road, right? Now let's look at the second scenario when we're in a situation where we need to initiate change. So for example, let's say your initial vision you had for the business didn't quite work out the way you wanted it to. And now you have to change the way you structure your pricing model. Or the clients that you thought you initially would be working with aren't really ideal after all, but you found a better way to work with people or a better niche to work in. These are all examples where you need to initiate change and the drivers for you to recognize this might vary, but an obvious one in business is you're not able to make as much money as you wanted. Or you might find that it's taking too much work to meet your goals and it's not sustainable. Or another big driver, one that we often overlook, is that you're not happy or you're not fulfilled in what you're doing. Then this is time to look under the hood and really figure out what needs to change. If you really want something to be different in your life, you have to do something differently. Full stop. And that's a great tweetable, so I'll say it again. If you really want something to be different in your life, you have to do something differently. And what I mean by this is complaining is not something that's going to take you closer to the solution. Past telling, where you tell the situation over and over and over again to others, keeps you stuck. 
This is being a victim, and this never moves you forward. It keeps you stuck. And here's four different ways that you can proactively move towards change. First, you can change your perspective or change the way you view something. Let's go back to that Wayne Dyer quote I mentioned earlier. Change the way you look at things, and the things you look at change. And a great example of this I have is when I started a new business here in Toronto, and I didn't know many people in the city, and I didn't have a network. And at first, I saw this as a disadvantage and something that would limit me. But looking back, almost five years later, I can see that that was a huge gift because I went above and beyond to meet people here and build a network that would sustain my business. And that drove me to meet so many people. And now I have this great network in the city and it is made up of lots of other conscious entrepreneurs who share my passion, which is really, really important. And a lot of people who started out maybe in that business network ended up being part of my personal network. And so I am so grateful for all the incredible friends that I've made here in Toronto. So at first, starting a business in a brand new city felt like a disadvantage but it actually ended up being an advantage because it caused me to overshoot and make a lot of extra connections and investing that time into networking with like-minded people. This is a perfect example of changing your perspective and this is why I shared the passage in the intro because it's such a powerful example of people having completely different perspectives. Now the second way to change is to change your beliefs. And this is really getting to the heart of your core programming and to those root beliefs. And this will really impact how you look at situations. For example, having a lack mentality and believing that there are finite resources or having a belief of abundance and knowing that you have unlimited earning potential. Those are two different scenarios. So what do you believe? Do you believe that money is the root of all evil? Or do you believe that... Having a lot of money can in turn help you do more good in this world. Do yourself a favor and get clear on what your beliefs are. Figure out which ones don't serve you and then do the programming to start changing them. Change them to beliefs that do serve you and support you in meeting your goals. Now, the third way to change is to change your behaviors. And this includes all of your actions, your strategy, your habits, and your routine. One of the tools that I'm doing with my mastermind groups is teaching them how to constellate their business and really see the big picture of where it is right now and what it needs. And from this big picture perspective, we can easily see what needs to happen from a strategy perspective. And the habits and the routine are also really, really important. For example, what is your morning routine and ritual? I talked a while ago about the book, The Miracle Morning, and how that has been so impactful in my life. And I had such great success with it, and it really, really was a big deal in my life. But somehow, over the holidays that I had last month, I got off track, and I haven't been getting up as early. So I am refocusing my attention back to that morning routine because I know how impactful it was. And I'm also taking away a little bit of intelligence because I know now that going on vacation completely caused me to get off track. So next time, 
I'm going to prepare before I take time off. I'm going to either acknowledge that it'll throw me off track and it takes me a week or so to get back on routine, or I'll just schedule in a buffer week to get myself back on routine. Either way, I will be prepared for it. And then the last way, the fourth way to change is to change your environment. And this can be either changing the physical space that you're in or the people that you are around. Just last week, I was talking to a friend about the importance of decluttering her workspace because our outside environment impacts our inside environment. You know this is true, don't you? If you have chaos and clutter all over your desk, chances are your work is going to feel a little chaotic too. So here's a trick. As much as it feels indulgent or counterproductive to take time off to clean up your workspace, it can really be impactful to shift the energy. And it can really actually help you get organized and in control and in front of your workload too. So use that intelligence. Don't just use your outer chaos as an indicator light, reminding you that your inner world is chaotic. Clean up your outer chaos as a technique to sort out your inner chaos. Trust me, I've seen this work miracles. And the other part of changing your environment is looking at the people that you spend time with. Just like that Jim Rohn quote that you are the average of the five people that you spend the most time with. So who are you spending your time with? Are they encouraging your dream and your vision? Or are they discouraging you? There might be something here that needs to be changed. Okay, so I'm going to recap those four different ways that you can proactively change. First, you can change your perspective. Second, you can change your beliefs. Third, you can change your behaviors. And fourth, you can change your environment. And this scenario where you get to initiate the change, it's a little more kinder and gentler than when change is thrust upon us, right? Because you get to take the time and figure out what is the cause of the problem. And you get to explore the different solutions to the problem. And you can do this in many different ways. You can take the day off to look at the big picture perspective of what's going on in your business. You could take a little trip and remove yourself physically from your day-to-day grind in order to get clarity on your business. And another great option is to talk to somebody who you trust to get their perspective or maybe a group of people. I've always been blessed to know so many different entrepreneurs who will give me honest advice about what I need to do. And also, I'm part of a brilliant mastermind right now. And they always give me honest, amazing advice on what I need to do in my business. And since mastermind groups have been so beneficial to me over the years, and they've helped me grow my business, that's why I started offering them to you guys. And I'm really, really, really proud to say that this week, we are officially kicking off our Conscious Business Mastermind program. And I have two groups starting this week, and I'm super, super excited. And I want to give a special shout out specifically to Ali, Alicia, Lindsay, Navneet, Dorsey, Delaney, Erin, Josie, Lynn, Crystal, and Tara. I am so excited for you guys to start your journey this week and for all of you guys to get to know each other. 
You know, from past experiences, I know that whenever you put this many really cool, smart, passionate people together in one place, magic always happens. So I want to thank you all for recognizing this opportunity to really make this change in your life and really focus on something new. Get ready for a very wild ride. And I promise to keep you all posted on how the Mastermind program goes and to let you know when we're going to be opening up new groups. And who knows, you just might get a chance to meet with some of these guys, hear about their businesses, and exactly what their experience with the Mastermind has been. And in this last segment, I want to flood you with inspiration. So I have compiled some of my favorite quotes on change, and I want to share them with you. Some of these are really deep and thought-provoking, so I'm going to try to read through them really slowly and give you time to really, really absorb them. Okay, the first one is from BKS Iyengar. Change is not something that we should fear. Rather, it is something that we should welcome. For without change, nothing in this world would ever grow or blossom, and no one in this world would ever move forward to become the person they're meant to be. The next is one of my favorites. It's a quote from a classic Apple campaign. The people who are crazy enough to think that they can change the world are the ones who do. Next up is from author and speaker Robin Sharma. No game changer ever had a plan B. Next from Margaret Mead. Never doubt that a small group of thoughtful, committed citizens can change the world. Indeed, it is the only thing that ever has. From one of my favorite authors, Deepak Chopra. Perceptions create reality. By changing your perceptions, you change your reality. Okay, and the last one, we'll round it all out with the great sports legend, Michael Jordan. If you accept the expectations of others, especially the negative ones, then you never will change the outcome. And it's time to start wrapping up this episode on change. Thanks for hanging out with me today. Remember that being an entrepreneur is the most intense form of personal development that you will ever go through. So be patient and be kind to yourself. Deep down inside, you know how powerful you are. Now it's time to step up and let the rest of us see it.